This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's thrilled today to be joined by a, a, a CEO, a leader, remarkable person in the reproductive space, particularly in the male infertility space. And it's a little bit of an unusual podcast for the Becker's Healthcare audience, but, but a, a, a great leader. She's going to talk about what they do at Reproductive Solutions. We're joined today by Diana Penninger. Diana's had a magnificent career as a leader. So talk about reproductive solutions, what they do, about leadership, and a lot more. Diana, could you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about reproductive solutions, and then we'll go from there. Hi, Scott. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so I have been, as you said, 30 years in the chemical industry. I'm a chemical engineer. Uh, I spent 30 years leading businesses for a Fortune 500 company. And when I found Reproductive Solutions, I, I found this was a technology that was needed at a time where infertility is continuing to increase. And it was really aligned with what I had done with most of my career in matching technology with, uh, with, commercial, um, with commercial companies. And, and, and tell us what Reproductive Solution does, and then I want to talk about your leadership, leading Fortune 500 companies, and what you've done. Talk a bit about how, how an engineer ends up leading a company in the reproductive space. Yeah, thank you. So Reproductive Solutions is a Dallas-based company. We are global. Um, we are focused on male infertility. And with that focus, we actually have designed recently a solution to male semen collection that solves a problem that has not been changed or technology that hadn't been advanced in 45 years. So we, we continue to not only have that for humans, but we also are working on um, animal fertility and other type of medical technologies. Fascinating. And how did you end up in this space? I mean, you, you're, you're South Dakota mining, brilliant background, engineering. How does someone like you end up running a reproductive company? Well, in, in my career uh, in the chemical industry, I led about uh, 10 different businesses within uh, my former company. And one of those was a food business. And one of those was a a polymer business that had a, a great product in the medical industry. And I found it to be fascinating um, to be in that uh, medical industry and the medical devices. And when I, so as I, as I grew up in my career there, the, um, with that um, background, when I left uh, my company in the end of 2017, I had established my own consulting firm to try to share some of my experience in running businesses in company growth, specifically in innovation. And um, through that process, identified reproductive solutions. And with that experience, former experience in medical device, it was a great fit in, in taking over the leadership of this little company um, that had actually been um, had been established since 2009, and um, the founders, three of which were academics, and one of which uh, was actually run at the time by a former Texas Tech um, business person. So when when they had come through mostly growing this company bootstrap, and uh, then we hit COVID, 
they they ran into funding issues. And at that point, um, through that introduction, was able to find some great investors to join me in um, in funding and leading this company. And I'm very humbled to have the opportunity to bring this company to market. And we did that about February of uh, this year, where we got started with that um, the acquisition of the company at this time. Well, congratulations, and, and talk a little bit. You're, you're heavily focused on male infertility and semen collection. Talk a little bit about, you know, it, 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 semen collection is always done in a standard way. Talk a little bit how that's changing and, and what you're seeing. Is this done remotely? Is it done in person at infertility offices? How is this changing, and, and what are you seeing there in terms of, you know, this male infertility? The, the, the stat is, and you guys have shared me, with me some of the stats, 40% of infertility comes from the male infertility. Um, one in every eight couples or so suffers with infertility. We're a family ourselves where we had our kids with infertility specialists. I'm inf- intimately familiar, more so than I'd like to be, but, but totally familiar. Those kids turned out fantastic, so it's good. But, but talk a little bit about the changes in semen collection and what you're seeing. Yeah, the, so, so with this infertility, it's really, it's really very concerning, right? Um, we have seen that sperm counts and sperm health uh, has been declining over 40 years by 60%. I mean, it's absolutely crazy um, that with with all the environmental and the health factors and so forth that we see, but yet the collection of actual semen samples, which is extremely critical in the fertility process, uh, has not changed, as you say, in that 45 years. Um, our, te- our partners at Texas Tech University uh, Health Sciences Center the, who are reproductive physiolo- physiologists, um, the experts there, they said to us, you know, we have not seen any, you know, any kind of improvements. We know this is critical. Um, we want to develop a collection device where sperm could actually be collected in as close as physiologically possible and most optimal as if it's in the body, that environment. And, and that solution was, uh, was Protex, which is, which is actually very simple, but it's a scientific real leap in that um, collection and um, versus what is currently being used today. Thank you. And talk for a moment about changes of the business through COVID-19. What are you seeing? I, I, people must be as focused on infertility as ever, but it must be very hard to go to the infertility specialist, at least in person all the time. How is the world changing in infertility through sort of COVID-19? Yeah, so what's, um, so COVID actually, you know, caused everybody and all the infertility clinics to take a look at their procedures and everything had to be contactless, right? So they they started, and, and this is actually something they hadn't done very much of, but having their patients collect their semen at home. But they were doing it in a urine specimen cup. And so what we saw was that um, with this urine cup, you have to actually collect and process in a one hour time frame. When you actually, instead of collecting in the clinic itself and you actually send that home with the patients, that means that they have to collect they have to race it back to the office as fast as they possibly can, then process it before the procedure. 
And that caused a just a significant amount of, of anxiety. And as you know, when having been through this process, that for patients, the, um, the stress of uh, doing that kind of collection, um, it actually damages sperm. And that's one of the many things that damage sperm is that cortisol hormone. And so if you have the ability to, um, to actually eliminate that and uh, eliminate that cortisol hormone, that anxiety, you get a much healthier sperm uh, sample. So Protex gives you the opportunity to collect at home because it gives you higher quality sample of sperm from the minute it's collected for 48 hours, meaning you don't have to rush, you don't have the anxiety, the clinics don't have to rush, and you can be confident that your sample is the highest quality biochemically as possible. Fascinating. And talk about another issue. Who is your customer? Is your customer the infertility specialist, uh, the physicians that specialize in this? Is it the hospital health system? Is it the labs? Or is it direct to consumer? Well, it is, it is ultimately the consumer. We sell today through the clinics. The, and the reason I say that is because the value that of Protex comes in three ways. One is that you, you have a biochemically healthy uh, sample, a much higher quality sample. So that, and then you have the 48 hours. So the fact that it's a, you have the 48 hours, you can collect at home, you can be, you have this higher quality sperm, then, then the, the patients are going to be asking for that. They want to, act, they want to be able to use that. The clinics themselves, they, um, they're offering this higher quality. They get a value because they're able to actually um, extend their typical one hour window to 48 hours. They do that, yes, knowing that their sample is the absolute highest, but they can improve efficiency. They can now, um, well, let's say it differently. One, during the one hour, you have these urgent interruptions and bottlenecks in the laboratory. They now can lean out their process. They have more flexibility. They have a high quality sample that they can sit on the lab counter they don't have to put it in the incubator, and that can process in due time, which allows them to, um, to actually increase input throughput through their clinics. They, they, can, um, they have a lot more flexibility in the way that they um, manage their patients. They can eliminate collection rooms. So there's a cost benefit, efficiency benefit. And of course, when we look at the results, from patients who collect in Protex, they have the opportunity to see patients' uh, success outcomes, pregnancy outcomes increase significantly. Fantastic, and, and it really does bring into your brilliant engineering background into the company that you're leading today, because these things all tie together, don't they? I mean, it, it, it really, your ability to understand the science is, is incredibly critical to your role in leading this effort, isn't it? Yes, it really, it really does, you know, and that's one of the things that attracted me to reproductive solutions. When I learned about the, what happens in a urine specimen cup, of course, my, my science mind kept going to, well, why does it happen that way? Why do we collect that way? 
And, and what is it about Protex that's different? And when I just simply look at how fragile sperm is, how quickly the, the actual semen sample in the sperm damages with, a, with drastic temperature shifts. And when you have a very, you have a large container that's collecting about a teaspoon, you can imagine what kind of temperature shift happens in that initial collection about 30 degrees. And what happens is damage, the actual sperm starts to become damaged at that point. What happens then is that the, um, the, the damage that starts at that point continues. It sets off this irreversible chain reaction of, of damage with ongoing uh, pH imbalances, osmotic stress, the biochemical health of the sperm declines, it loses fertilization capability, and then, it be, and then it actually begins to die. So that compensation for what happens in that urine specimen cup is that they collect and process as fast as they can in that one hour for best viability. If you have a moment, I'd like to share a story with you about a young couple which actually convinced me that I really wanted to, to um, work with reproductive solutions. This young couple had been seeking treatment for infertility. And finally, the, uh, they got around to testing to the testing the, um, the semen sample uh, form from the male partner in order to qualify for intrauterine insemination. And of course, you know that this is the first procedure that happens, they have a threshold minimum sperm count of 5 million, they tested him three times, Scott. First time was 2.8 million, the highest was 4.2, which meant that he didn't qualify for IUI and they had to move to IVF, which this couple couldn't afford. At this time, the, the doctor actually said, hey, I have this Protex, I've been learning about this, why don't you try this? They did, they collected it in the, in the clinic and it came back with 12 million. It's these kinds of stories that, that motivate us, right? And I'm, I'm humbled and privileged to be working with these folks because it shows for me clearly how quickly the sperm degrades and dies. And, and, and the point being at 12 million in a proper sample means it's much healthier and much more usable and it gives them mm -hmm. many more options for how to pursue their fertility. I mean, that, that's sort of the, the, the point. Yeah, that. It? Yeah, it's it's exactly right. And you know, we we when we actually designed this Protex, it was specifically targeting the this the semen parameters, and we mostly talk about uh, motility, right? It's 55% better motility in Protex than the the urine specimen cup. We also have better forward progression, better intact membranes, which means that you have a much higher probability of pregnancy, um, uh, pregnancy rates and, and conception. So we, that the, the key about this, this product and, and those kinds of results, um, we did these studies, we, had, we did of course animal research, and in our animal research, we saw 22 to 36% increase in pregnancy rates. And I know uh, all of us, this is a, you know, the holy grail of what can we do to get a couple, two, three percent. So when we thought about our humans and said, let's do our human studies, we looked at our semen para parameters. We saw the same kind of improvement in those pre-pregnancy semen parameters. 
which then gave us a lot of confidence that we could get similar results. And we're in the midst of today doing a, a large powered study to actually prove those out. And we're feeling very confident about that. Um, Scott, the, the product itself is really simple, right? In terms of uh, Protex has a, has a proprietary thermal barrier. It stops those sudden temperature fluctuations. The temperature doesn't suddenly drop. It's very controlled. There's for, further thermal control where based on the way that the design is done, the well is very small. It's about 95% smaller than a um, semen or the um, urine specimen cup, which means gives it 10 times better benefit. So those, there's additional protection that's part of the method as well that reduces the shifts in pH that, that allows us to um, see the sample begin osmoregulating as it, as it acclimates and adjusts. So I could go on, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a, you know, I've really become extremely interested and, and of course that's right up my alley, um, but seeing this stabilization of this kind of high quality for 48 hours without that damaged hyperactivity for us was, you know, we would, could really see this as a game changer. And, and it, at the end of the day, it's really all about uh, helping families, uh, helping couples um, build their families, right? 100%. Diane, I want to thank you for joining us. What a pleasure to visit with you. What a remarkable career. Congratulations on this. And, and where can people learn more about the company? They, they can go to um, reproductive.solutions and learn about the company, and they can certainly talk to their clinic. We are reaching clinics across the United States and certainly all the major ones in all the large cities. Thank you very much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. A pleasure to hear the story of the company and what you're doing and, and, a, and a subject that's near and dear to a lot of us. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a good day.